Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Oops! They did it again. Been wanting to use that very lame opener to a podcast for some time, and now I have officially done it. Yahoo! has adjusted their board. Some of you may have heard me talk about it a little bit on the mock draft from earlier today, but this episode of Fantasy NBA Today is going to be all about it. That's what we're going to be talking That's all we're going to be talking about. Whether it takes us 11 minutes or 35 or 112, we're talking about the Yahoo board rearrangement. We're going to go through it piece by piece and point out some of the adjustments that were made. Although it is worth mentioning, before I even drop into that, that they didn't change the top of the board that much. Small, little small tweaks. Might have a bearing on where guys go, but I think most of the changes you're going to see here are from, like, 25 on. At least for the time being. I am Dan Bespris. At Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, second pod of the day, so you'll excuse me if my voice starts to peter out towards the end of it, but we got a lot of things to cover these days, and basketball is 28 days away. We're four weeks from today. Four weeks from today, the season starts. That means i got to really get on my horse here with the leagues that I'm commissionering and do a better job, Dan. And all of you should be doing a better job as well. Anyway, after you follow me on Twitter, you're likely to see me posting about this brand new draft tool available at Sports Ethos. It's in the Fantasy Pass. Whether you get that in the NBA Fantasy Pass, the All Sport Fantasy Pass, or a bundle. Bundle it. Save a bunch of money in the process. All of those come with the brand new live draft tracker tool that allows you to plug in the players you're drafting as you're drafting them. You can even plug in your opponent's players if you like. See how your team is doing against league averages. That's Z-scores, friends. You can see how they do against the, uh, against the basically the mean number, the middle number for players out there. I think the right way to explain that, and that wasn't very good. You can also plug in your opponent, see how all of them are doing. You can sort by best player available. You can punt. On the fly, right now, because the Brewski 150 isn't out yet, that new tool is built on the projection engines of the large consensus numbers, basically, so like Yahoo, ESPN, those types of sites. Basically, the tool will tell you how you're doing based on those projections. But depending on what package you have at Sports Ethos, you get to drop the Brewski 150 projections into that drafting engine the day you get access to it. So if you have the Ethos 360, that's our big one. You get it, I think, in like a week. It's very close to a week, I think. It's the B-150. So then you'll get a draft tool built on the B-150 engine. The old school is a couple days after that. The All Sport is a few days after that. The NBA only is a few days after that, and so on and so forth. At that point, you'll have a draft tool built on the B-150 projection engine. That's pretty amazing. I can't believe this is something we have at Sports Ethos now. That's so cool. And it's a reason, frankly, look, like we know in the past, we've come up short on the tools side. And most of you are using things on your draft day. That's the most important time you need tools during the year. And now we've got it. So do consider us here at Sports Ethos with your tools dollars. We think we've uh, jumped into the pond of the big boys now. 
see if you guys agree. Let's start at the top um, and see what adjustments Yahoo made, and and we'll go through and try to figure out if they're going to have an impact on anything. And based on a couple of mock drafts, I have a little bit of data on whether or not that's some of this is going to be relevant. So there's your board if you're watching along with us. Um, if you're listening in, which I think most of you are for this type of show, we're going to read down the board, and we'll point out where some of the adjustments are made. So, for instance, the top remains the same. Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic are 1-2. Luka slid in front of Joel Embiid at the last board rearrangement, and his ADP is on its way to passing Embiid also. But here's an interesting one. After Embiid at 3, it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 4. So Yahoo, I don't know, maybe they're watching our videos where we keep saying Shea being at the back end of that top six or seven kind of made no sense based on his youth, based on the numbers he put up last year. Even if there's a slight regression for him, it's pretty minimal. So they bumped him back up into the four hole, and I would assume that that type of stuff does have an impact on drafts because Shea... You know, his ADP was 6.2. He was sitting behind Tatum and Halliburton. Now going in front of those guys on the pre-rank board, I've got to think that his ADP maybe does start to start to slide back in front. Steph remains at 7. At 8 now, it's Kyrie Irving. Kyrie just keeps climbing the board. I really, like, legitimately it feels like... It feels like we're being watched. Because Kyrie, remember, he opened up at whatever it was, like 11. And he was going mid-second round because people still uh, people still hate Kyrie. And I was like, cool, man. We'll take him there. Then Yahoo bumped him a little bit forward in their last rearrangement. And he's still going in the early second round. So they bumped him even farther forward. It's like they're really trying to stack the deck in Kyrie's favor. Which is extraordinarily annoying because you guys know I like Kyrie's fantasy game. It's actually really uh, beastly for Roto because he's a guard that blocks, shoot threes, and does them all on a crazy high percentage. He was basically in a dead heat with Halliburton, Jimmy Butler, those guys. He was ahead of Jason Tatum per game last year, and everybody's worried about what he's going to do with Luka, but this is what he did with Luka also. He's played with alphas before, LeBron, Kevin Durant. Now, Luka Doncic, this isn't all that different for Kyrie. But the good news here is, I did a mock earlier today, and he went at 17. So people still have no trust in Kyrie Irving, and we'll use that to our favor. Giannis is at 9, LaMelo Ball is at 10, Kevin Durant is 11, Dame is at 12. A lot of that is basically the same as it was before. I think there was LaMelo at 9. The shifts here are basically like one slot. Uh, second round of Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Demonis Sabonis, Anthony Edwards, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Mikhail Bridges, Freddie Van Vliet, JJJ, Desmond Bain, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. Second round is almost unchanged in this latest rearrange. I think they shuffled a couple guys by like one spot apiece, but that's basically been nothing. As I mentioned at the outset, most of the changes we're seeing come from 25 on. Not immediately, I guess. Jimmy Butler, uh, 24, then James Harden. Larry Markinen is back up where he was before. I mean, I legitimately don't know what someone in the back room at Yahoo is like. It's it's like it, they just kind of closed their eyes for a minute here. And remember, Markinen was 25. 
And then at the rearrange, whatever it was, week and a half ago, I think it was like a Wednesday, not this last Wednesday, but the one before, if I'm getting that right, they bumped him down into the early 30s. And people were like, oh, cool, Larry Market, we can get him in the early 30s now. And then now he's back. <laughs> he's back at 26. Well, lucky for you, Yahoo, his ADP never really shifted all that much. It was 25 and change. It started to fall, got as low as 26.3, and then they bumped him right back to 26. Figure that one out, anybody. I can't. As far as whether or not you should be buying on this, Markin finished last year at number 19 on a per-game basis, but he also shot extraordinarily well at 50% from the field. Very high volume, and that included three-pointers. I just personally don't think he can replicate that percentage on that volume. Perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps this is just who Markinen is now. Is the is he a 50 slash 88 or whatever he was last year? Yeah, 50-88, that's the splits. Uh, three threes a game, 50%. I mean, we're talking like this is up with the big boys kind of thing. This is up with the Kyrie we just talked about. This is up with the Halliburtons. Is Markinen that level of efficient forever? Or was it a flash in the pan? I lean a little bit towards flash in the pan. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. And when he was going in the 30s, I thought, all right, well, you know what? Even if there's a peel-off here, say peel-off, I can't think, help but think of food. Even if there's a little bit of a drop-off for Markinen from 19, call it around to like 30, that would have at least left us some wiggle room there. But now we're talking basically half a round. Can he maintain his numbers within a half a round of where he was? It wasn't like there was erosion during the year either. He was pretty, pretty damn consistent almost the whole way through. I know they sat him a bit near the end of the season, but Markinen was number 21 over the final 26 games of the year. He's like number 18 over the first 30 or something like that. So there just wasn't all that much fluctuation for him. As guys went down, he shot more, so he covered some of the efficiency hits with just more stuff. And maybe that's the answer to how he stays near 20 this year, is just taking 20 shots a ball game instead of 17 and a half. But it's asking a lot, I think. Behind Markin is Pascal Siakam, who just keeps going earlier and earlier and earlier, and there really isn't a great reason why. There's the possibility that with the departure of Freddie Van Vliet, Siakam gets more usage, but I just don't know how much more he could possibly shoulder. He's taken almost 19 shots a game last year, 18 and a half. He struggles with his free throw shooting at times. I don't think that's just going to magically go away. His field goal percent is fine, but it's not a helper number for you out of that power forward center slot. Threes are kind of meh. Rebounds are decent. Assists were really good last year. And, and defensive stats was kind of you know mid-pack sort of deal. He was slightly sub-average in both. But when you're slightly sub-average in both, the aggregate is kind of like pretty close to okay. I don't know. I just don't see him jumping two rounds which is basically what you're asking of him if you're drafting him in the mid-20s, to jump from mid-40s to past mid-20s. He's also a threat to be traded, by the way, a team that making a, a run for it might try to add him to the mix and get up and over that hump. But so is OG Ananobi to that, to that end, who might be traded before the season starts. Now, in that case, 
well, you obviously wait and see who comes back in a deal like that. Is it going to be to Philly? Is it going to be to Portland? Is it something else entirely that we don't see on the board? Sounds like a big usage guy would come back, so that wouldn't be good for Siakam. I just don't see that many ways that this midseason happens, whatever midseason thing, whether it's a Siakam trade or a, a trade of someone else on that team up in Toronto, that where life gets better for Pascal is from a fantasy standpoint. So I feel like he's still too high here, even as he continues to trend up the board. LeBron is still kind of going here in the late 20s, and I still, I still am fading LeBron, but he didn't move much, at least in this Yahoo board. And he'll always go a couple of slots before his draft, uh, his pre-rank, because he's LeBron. But here's another interesting one. Carl Anthony Towns is back at number 29, which again feels like someone at Yahoo just hit a button and didn't know what button they were hitting the last time they did a board rearrangement. I, I still don't understand that one even the tiniest bit. Uh, it's a lot like the Lowry marketing thing where someone was like, oh, we have Cat at 30 or whatever it was before. Let's just move him down to 39 and see what happens. They moved him back down to exactly what his per-game average was last year, but a lot of the games he played was coming back from injury, and he wasn't going full tilt. First month and a half of the season or so, uh, give or take, Cat was like right around the end of the second round. I think it was 23, 24, something like that. I mean, we can punch in the numbers and, and get it for real, but the all you really need to know is that a lot of his numbers last year were screwball. He was more like a mid-20s guy. Could he get better? Possibly. We're talking about Carl Anthony Towns here. Um, But even if he doesn't, Getting him at 29, you feel like you've got a little bit of space. So why on earth did Yahoo move him down into the late 30s on their last rearrange? Again, that makes no sense. Not even the tiniest bit of sense. There was no indicator that they needed to move him down. Their projections don't really suggest that he needed to be moved down. The way people were drafting him didn't suggest he needed to be moved down. They just did it for a week and a half. Well, like 11 days or something. And then decided, you know what? We'll just shift Cap back up to where he was before. What? Now, someone who just keeps rising is Cade Cunningham. He's the next guy on your table here at number 31 behind Paul George, who didn't move really. And Cade, every rearrangement we've gotten, he's gone earlier. He is climbing. He is rocket boosting up the board at this point. And I really pretty strongly believe we've gone too far. At some point, and honestly, like, Cade was, I think his initial pre-rank was in the low-ish, low 40s, and then the first rearranged, they bumped him up by like six or seven slots. That was the bigger one. This was a smaller jump from like 33 or 34 to 31, but we've moved a long way now. We've shaved a full round or even a tiny bit more off of his initial pre-rank, which in my mind already was pushing a little bit too soon. Cade Cunningham has the outlines of a very interesting fantasy game because he's a guard. Uh, he'll, he should have point guard eligibility. I guess we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out this year. I think he does right now. He can score a bit. He's a good free throw shooter. Rebounds pretty well for a point guard. Assists are fine if unspectacular, but steals and blocks are solid. High turnovers, bad field goal percent. He's kind of your, your two issues kind of player. 
there is an assumption or hope that scoring goes up, that field goal percent gets better. Turnovers, I think everybody just assumes are going to be about the same. I don't know if people assume the assists are going to be getting better or not. My assumption there is that they do believe it. But to me, that's asking too many things. It's asking one guy to get better at too many things all at the same time. He missed all of last year, remember, with an injury, other than a handful of games. So you can pretty much throw out what you got last season. But, you know, I don't know that he's just going to magically get better at all of those things at the same time, especially on a Detroit team that has continued to add young talent after he got hurt, or really after he played, got drafted even. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. They've got Jaden Ivey. They've got uh, Jalen Duran, who's not a, not a ball handler, but out there looking to make a name for himself. Pistons, uh, and they want to win this year. By the way, they went the Monty Williams route. So uh, what they didn't do really is bring in a, like other established players the way that Houston did. So you know, maybe the job, maybe the whole like Cade needs all the usage in the universe thing might still come to fruition. But he really does need all the usage in the universe to get where people are now hoping he will get. Because the turnovers are going to be very, very high. And I get it. You could be punting those. Fine. Okay. Are you also punting field goal percent? Because, again, he does a bunch of stuff that's good. I don't know if he's going to add a ton of three-pointers. We'll kind of have to wait and see on that one. I don't know that his scoring is going to change dramatically unless the usage goes through the roof. Which, I mean, I guess... It's a possibility. But now you're basically asking him to be a second rounder per game to eclipse where he's getting drafted, which is the middle of the third. There's just not a whole lot of room there. So I'm probably not taking Kate at this juncture. And I know we went too far on, you know, how I feel about a particular player and, and we're supposed to be just analyzing adjustments on the Yahoo board. But that one to me felt like it needed a moment. As does the next one in DeJounte Murray, who moved up a couple of times, but now moves back down again. So he's the flip of the Lowry Markinen and Carl Anthony Towns phenomenon. DeJounte was here around 30, uh, 35, I think is where he started. He briefly bounced up to 29, 30 range, and now he dropped back down three slots. Not quite all the way back to where he began, uh, but not all that far away from it, which makes him a more interesting play again. I like DeJounte Murray. So this is good news for us. As is Miles Turner sliding back down to 35, as is Vooch sliding back down to 37, Victor Wembanyama, by the way, remaining in the late 30s. Darius Garland slowly creeping, 
Not a big shift there. Uh, Jalen Brown is now all the way up to number 40, which is, again, only up a few slots, but every time you click these guys up the board, it does mess with the numbers a little bit. So there's a little run here of guys not moving all that much. I think Jalen Brunson moved down three or four slots, which, again, makes him a little bit of a safer play, but still I don't think there's almost any room for upside there. So let's cruise into the mid-40s now. By the way, reminder to please rate and subscribe, like and subscribe, all that good stuff mid-show, depending on how you're taking in the pod. Oh, shout-out, by the way, to Manscaped. They'll be coming back in, uh, in five days with us as well, so that's cool. DeMar DeRozan remains in the mid-40s. I was kind of hoping that maybe he'd get bumped back down the board at the next rearrange. Not the case. Jordan Poole all the way up to number 45 now. And I think we've pretty much eliminated his value. Congratulations, Yahoo. You have obliterated the Jordan Poole value. And he was teetering on the brink in the late 40s, early 50s. And now uh, there's just, like, the floor could come out too easily for him. Ananobi, Jamal Murray, Chet Holmgren, Brandon Ingrams, the, uh, these guys are all basically where they were. Scotty Barnes slid up the board a little bit. He's now a pre-rank at 50. I'll pass. Zach Levine stayed stationary. Walker Kessler continues to drop. He's down at 52, which I'll, I'll draft the crap out of Walker Kessler at 52. DeAndre Ayton, no real switch. Jared Allen up the board, four or five slots. His uh, ADP still rests closer to 59, but his pre-rank is 54 now. And he's one of those players where his pre-rank didn't make sense at all because in what you'd call kind of a quiet down year last season, Jared Allen was still number 33. Like that, He remains one of the very easy plays to make because he'll probably beat his ADP, and then you're just like, all right, stay upright. Julius Randle. Moves up a couple of slots. Claxton, no real change. Maxi, no real change. Beal, Shangun, Jalen Williams, no, no massive changes there either. Let's keep sliding along here. Zion is at 61 now. Uh, I think we, you know, when he was in the 70s, 80s range, even he was interesting. Now he just keeps going earlier and earlier. So uh, wipe my hands of that one. Not a ton of big shifts here. Josh Giddy. Back a couple slots. White, uh, Derek White, Chris Paul, Paolo Moncaro, Devin Vassell, Kevin Johnson. They're all pretty much where you'd expect. Here's a big one. Chris Middleton, now a pre-rank of 68. He's coming off a truly awful year where he was a number 149, but he only played 24 minutes a game, and he was doing it on a bad wheel. And so when he opened up and he was getting drafted at 100, it was, I think, jarring. But now, after two rearranges, Yahoo has officially moved him back into kind of this mid-chunk. His ADP is still 84.5, but moving him up the board like this is just going to put him in everybody's crosshairs for draft night. And now suddenly you're going to see him getting drafted probably in the early 70s, which I think wipes out a lot of his value. Because I don't know if Middleton gets all the way back to where he was. Relatively safe pick in this range, I, I venture to guess, but... It was a lot more fun when you could get him in the 90s. Rudy Gobert, Tyler Hero. Hero's a little bit earlier than he was before. Brooke Lopez at 71, so he's kind of falling a tad. He was getting drafted in the 60s. Uh, this is a really good piece of news for us. People didn't want Brolo. Yahoo has officially moved him down. His ADP before was 60.1. And his new pre-rank is 71, so he's going to be going later now. And I do wonder if Rudy Gobert goes a little bit later also. Because that was a, uh, I think they dropped him back 
five or six slots. There's just so many centers around here. Gobert sliding back into the Brook Lopez, Clint Capella contingent. Who, by the way, Jeremy Grant, then Clint Capella. Those are the next two guys on the board. No, no notable things there. Terry Rozier, Tyus Jones each got shifted forward about half a round. And uh, that's unfortunate because Tyus Jones was somebody we were thinking about targeting. He'll be a little bit tougher to get. But I, I'm still okay with taking him in that 75 range. Really liked him in the 80s. Still kind of like him in the 70s. Jalen Green, then Franz Wagner, who gets bumped down the board. And frankly, I believe he should have been uh, dropped a bit. Michael Porter Jr. unchanged. Jakob Pertle is a little bit sooner now. Um, I still don't know if he's early enough. CJ McCollum, also a little bit earlier. Time Lord, he got bumped way up the board. He got pushed forward by about a round in the latest rearrange. Marcus Smart, four or five slots forward. Anthony Simons actually got bumped down a tiny bit. Interesting, because he's someone I think we could end up with if he continues to fall. And then you got a bunch of guys that just got shifted up. And this is like, as much as it's annoying that we had a few guys in the 40s shift a little earlier uh, and the 50s a little earlier, and then you had a couple, like one or two guys in the 70s, this might be my least favorite result right now because Markel Fultz, Tobias Harris, Daniel Gafford, Mark Williams all got pushed earlier. Some by a lot. Fultz by about 10 slots. Harris by a round. Gafford by a round. Mark Williams by two rounds. He got thrust right into the forefront. And now maybe this might, frankly, be too early for me on on Williams. I still love Daniel Gafford. I think he's going to have a monster year. I think Tobias Harris is going to have a good year. If Harden gets moved, Fultz is maybe getting priced out as he gets into the early 80s. Then you've got Draymond Green, who got pushed earlier, along with Kyle Kuzma. I'm probably not drafting either of those guys. And Buddy Heald, who gets dropped back after his trade demand. Who's demand? Buddy's demand. Uh, Let's get into the 90 to 120 range, and then we'll put a pin in things. Uh, A couple of changes here. Trey Jones got pushed forward. John Morant got dropped back. Jalen Duran forward. Klay Thompson, back. Mitchell Robinson, back. That's a good one, by the way. Mitch Rob now pre-ranked in the 90s after posting a per-game marker in the 50s last year. Like, that's a that's a gimme at the end of the 8th, early ninth round. Austin Reeves got moved back probably to where he belongs, near the edge of the top 100. Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter Jr., John Collins, mostly unchanged. D'Lo, he's been going later in every draft. No surprise there. Jaden McDaniels goes earlier, but he's not really one of our targets Spencer Dinwiddie, kind of a boring play. Uh, Zach Collins got bumped up by almost two rounds. This is, I think, finally the culmination of the Victor Wembanyama is going to be our power forward news. So that now officially is baked in. Okongwu not changed. Scoot uh, not really changed. Trey Murphy surprisingly not changed despite the injury stuff. De'Anthony Melton, no real change. Jordan Clarkson a little earlier, uh, and he makes sense more on the points side of things. Jabari Smith Jr. going later. Kind of surprised by that one. This could be a, a a little. This could be like kind of a bumpier for him. And if he gets to you, you know, tenth round kind of thing, he's an upside play. Where you're getting to a point here where a lot of the guys are kind of boring. Russ, no thanks. Boyan Bogdanovich back up the board again. I don't know that I fully understand that one. I don't think he's going to have the same leash he had last year in Detroit. And without a lot of shots, he doesn't get to value. 
JV moved way down the board, as it should be. Uh, Portis, no change. Josh Hart moved up by a bunch. He's less fun now at 115 than he was at sort of the last pick kind of thing. Nurk, no change. Sexton, he got moved up the board. I liked him as a last rounder. Not as much here as a 10th rounder. Gary Trent got dropped a bunch, so the thought there is perhaps the Raptors have soured on him. I'm I'm willing to take a shot on him in the 11th, 12th round just to see if maybe that report ends up being untrue or like the tea leaves. Um, so this is maybe a better spot for him. Aaron Gordon, no. Patrick Williams, I've, we've seen enough of that situation. Uh, and then we'll do sort of a quick scan here. Bruce Brown and Keegan Murray got dropped down the board a little bit. That's notable because those guys are each kind of late plotter types, Brown and Keegan Murray, each with a tiny bit of upside if they take some steps forward or Brown gets to do a little bit more, that kind of thing. Uh, Obi Toppin moving forward on the board. No surprise there as someone who's likely to get kind of a shot-ish early in the year in Indiana. Uh, R.J. Barrett falls off the face of the earth. Uh, and again, for category leagues, there's just no reason to be looking at him anyway. And... That's about it. Paul Reed, I thought, might take another jump forward, but he really didn't, and neither did Ben Simmons. So Yahoo said, yeah, we hear all this rumbling, but we're not buying it. And that's fine. They don't have to buy it, um, and I don't think I buy it on Ben Simmons either. I'm, I'll be pretty surprised if that dude stays upright most of the season. So those are most of the adjustments on the Yahoo board. Uh, quick note here before we get to the questions to please do check out what we've got for sale over at Sports Ethos. This is that time of year where we're hitting you up. Um, also, again, please find me on social media. It's so important once the season starts. I'm going to remind you a thousand times here leading up to the year, and I hope some of you have done it. Uh, also, throwing a Discord invite. Uh, it's always in the description of the podcast should you get that far. But if you don't get that far... I will throw it into the chat room over on the YouTube side. So if you're watching live, it should pop up on your screen right around now, provided I do leave the chat room on. Couple of questions before we sign off for the day on this two-show Tuesday. Two for Tuesday, baby. Brooks says, why do you think LaMelo is all the way at 10? Because of his injuries last season? So, Brooks, I have to admit, I'm not sure if you're asking me why he's as high as 10 or as low as 10. I think you're asking me why he's so low, and the answer is because he's n has never been this high on a per-game basis before. Um, looking back to what I guess would be his rookie season, he was number 73, and then the following year, he was number 21, which is close to... That's a, that's a big jump. That's the kind of jump that I think everybody is hoping Cade makes season over season. Um, but there's going to have to be a lot of stuff that happens with him, including scoring threes, more assists, better field goal percent, and potentially better free throw number. Um, and then last year he didn't really uh, – LaMelo was, was banged up a lot, but like he's never been a, a numbered – a first-round kind of guy. So the, the the issue here is on the Lamelo thing is that he's just he's never been there. So the the hope for folks is that he takes a leap beyond what he did two seasons back. But then we also don't know if we can trust his ankles. Um, we don't know if the team is going to give any usage to anyone else because there are a lot of guys in Charlotte that are going to be uh, handling the basketball. 
Uh, as far as team build goes, yeah, sure. Like, it makes a lot of sense because if he gets back to where he was two seasons back and you're kicking turnovers, you're kicking field goal percent or whatever it might be, then he makes sense as a first-round kind of build guy. But, like, in terms of can he get there per game nine, Cat, we haven't seen it yet. That's why. 09 Marist says, thoughts on Jalen Williams' late 40s, early 50s. Don't think he gets back to me late 60s, early 70s. No, uh, he probably doesn't get back to you late 60s, early 70s. I think this is a situation where you probably can just say, you know what, I'm okay with not getting this guy. Um, I know he, he was rolling along in the 20s at the end of last year, but I don't know that he shoots 55% for an entire season this time around. Um, I, I think you just obliterate his potential per-game value by taking him in the 40s. One more here from Brooks. In my money league draft, Jalen was taken at 67, and I got Giddy at 68 for what that's worth. Yeah, I, I prefer Jalen Williams over Josh Giddy by... Uh, a, a very large deal in 9-cat. I think Jalen smokes him. Giddy's a, a different... You're looking for a different set of stats there, obviously, but um, that's certainly where I'd lean between those two guys. And then I'm still going to get questions three weeks into the season where someone's like, hey, I took Josh Giddy at 68. And I'm be like, well, what do you want me to tell you, dude? Uh, there's our Discord link up on the screen if you guys want to copy that down or click it or where, however it works. I think it's easier to just go find it in the chat room. And once again... I will take this moment to thank you all for listening to our two shows here on this Two for Tuesday. I am at Dan Bespris over on social media. Please do find me over there. It should not be that hard, um, and we'll continue our chat in that range. Uh, I still forgot to post the mock draft results from earlier today, but I'll get those on there as well. Check out the Fantasy Pass. Check out our brand new live draft tracker tool. I'm hoping that I can figure out a way to get you guys to see that here on YouTube. And you can actually see just in the corner of the screen... A broken Blaze and the Monster Machines toy that, that uh, Daddy has to glue back together. So there's another little Easter egg. Okay, everybody, have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Probably one show? Question mark? We'll see. I'm uh, guesting on another pod, so uh, that may limit the amount of time I can spend here on our own uh, set of shows. But again, thank you, everybody. Hugs and kisses. We'll see you tomorrow.